0: Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. So Attention, please, to John Rothstein. Please report to <laughs> Do St. Duty. Joe's. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast later in this show. We'll be joined by Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes, want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also send me your questions on Twitter. I'll get to them later in this podcast. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John. J O N a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. And I want to let you know that today's episode of the College Hoops Today podcast being sponsored by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com now that we've got you set for all your geico needs let's obviously get to the elephant in the room and that is the re-emergence at a high level of the coronavirus pandemic and what it means for college basketball last week the ivy league canceled winter sports Several other teams paused their basketball programs due to coronavirus. And guys and folks, this is something that is going to happen during a global pandemic. We are going through right now something that, according to history, happens once in a century. Expect cancellations. Expect setbacks. But know this: we're still having a seasons. We're still having an NCAA tournament in 2021. And also know this, at the time that we're taping this podcast, which is on the East Coast after 10 a.m. slightly on Monday morning, over 90% of college basketball is up and running. Expect the setbacks, but don't succumb to the negativity. That's a big thing I can't preach enough. This is not going to be a perfect season. But if 80 to 90% of games are played on a daily basis, that's a win for the sport. And I'll say this. We have seen, obviously, announcements the past couple of weeks that are going to feature limited attendance in some spurts. You know, Sunday, Butler came out and announced that they're going to allow up to 25% of attendance in Hinkle Fieldhouse. This season, because there are going to be fewer fans in attendance, could be the most watched season in the history of. Of college basketball, or at least one of the most watched seasons in the history of college basketball. That is an unbelievable opportunity for all the players that are involved and it's going to be an unbelievable opportunity for Tennessee as well this season the Vols have a great recruiting class which includes a transfer from Oregon Victor Bailey and a grad transfer from Sacred Heart and EJ Anasicki they're key players back I think Tennessee has the chance to be an elite defensive team they were picked to win the SEC in last week's SEC preseason poll what's the ceiling for the Vols in 2021 we'll find out when Rick Barnes the head coach of Tennessee joins the College Hoops podcast with John Rothstein coming up next. Before we talk to Tennessee's Rick Barnes, I want to tell you about Coors Light. You know, we talk about how athletes always have to be on their game. We complain when they're not. That's not fair. We all know how hard it can be when people expect us to be on all the time. Well, luckily for us as sports fans, we get to kick back and chill while they do all the work. That's why for me, when the game is on, I'm reaching for the one beer that's made to chill. Coors Light. Cold lager? cold-filtered and cold-packaged, literally made to chill. Their cold-activated bottles and cans even let me know when it's the perfect temperature. When the mountains turn blue, it's officially time to chill. To slow down the pace and enjoy the taste, the mountains are calling. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and only 102 calories. It's inspiration from a higher elevation. That's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment of chill. So when you want to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can have Coors Light delivered by going to get.coorslight.com and finding local delivery options near you. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Tennessee is picked to be the team to beat in the SEC this season. Vols were voted number one in last week's SEC preseason poll, and the head coach of the Vols is Rick Barnes. He now joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. And Coach, you have lived through many influential and polarizing events during your life. How do you think you're going to look back and remember the year 2020? Well,
1: John, it's definitely something that uh, I don't know that I could – ever thought that I would have lived to see. I mean, I grew up in uh, junior high school age when, you know, integration was being brought in and then obviously through the Vietnam War, all the things that went through the late 60s and 70s and uh, watched our country come through a lot of different things. But this has been one of the most unpredictable, uh, you know, pandemics. I I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable, to be quite honest. And we're not out of the woods yet. And I just know that we've got to continue to do everything we can to keep everyone safe.
0: And the scary thing is, Coach, you know, cases are spiking. But nevertheless, you know, nine days from right now, we're going to start the 2021 college basketball season. What are your feelings about moving forward and starting a season and coaching when you're 66 years of age as you are?
1: Well, again, I'm not concerned about me personally, to be quite honest with you. I feel like the good Lord's giving given me good health, and uh, I've been around – enough people, I think that, uh, you know, we've had to deal with the stop and goes of the COVID and the contact tracing. But, you know, when I look at it and the way we've tried to handle it here, we've had great leadership from our administration. And and, uh, so you take that in mind. And the one thing I can tell you is talking to our players and certainly making sure that they're comfortable with everything. The one thing that echoes back from them every time we talk to them is how much they want to play. But we also tell them we're not going forward with anything where we don't put safety first. And, and I would like to think that we're all going to try to do that. I think it's important that we uh, do we play basketball. I, I think it's important. I, I don't believe that you can shut the country down and just turn everything off. I think we went through that, and, and it didn't seem to work. But uh, the fact is we've just got to keep safety first in everything that we do.
0: Well, and obviously one of the elements of keeping safety first is minimizing the amount of people that are going to be in an arena when a basketball game is played this year. As somebody who has been in this game right now for over 40 years, how do you think the element of not having fans in attendance, for the most part, will affect college basketball?
1: Well, it's different. You know, John, I keep thinking to myself right now, it's going to be almost like when we – Uh, scrimmage, you know, we scrimmage Davison College every year, and and Bob McKillop, who's a dear friend and brother, he, uh, he and I, we, we try to assimilate that game to be exactly like a real game, and our staffs, we all work together to make it as much as close to a real game by wearing uniforms, doing everything that you can possibly do, but without fans, and it's different. It is, but, uh, but the fact is, it's, it's one of the Best things that we do every single year. We used to do it twice a year when I was at Texas, and we did it with Mark Few, and we did the exact same thing. And so it's going to be different. And uh, you know, we scrimmaged this past Saturday, and we tried to pipe in a little bit of the the crowd noise and and see how that would be, and just to, again try to assimilate as much as we can what it's going to be like. Is it different? It's going to be very much different. Uh, the way the arenas are set up, and they'll be set up differently in every. Place because all the arenas are different. So it's going to be different from that standpoint, and uh, I think we're going to be able to get close to 4,000 people in our arena, which when you have a, an arena as big as ours, it's still not going to feel like very many people there because we're used to playing in front of 20,000.
0: Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Well, you know, in short time here, coach, you know, you have made Tennessee – into one of the top programs in the SEC. You went to a Sweet 16 a couple of years ago. What's the biggest thing you know now about the Tennessee job that you didn't know when you took the post?
1: John, that's a really a great question because you know, my wife went to school here at Tennessee. She, she graduated here in 74, 75. And, uh, I, and so she was here in school about the same time that the Ernie and Bernie show was going on. What I know now and that I didn't really know. I've heard I'd heard so much about Ball Nation, you know, from a football standpoint and just really from that standpoint. And back in the day, you know, there was not a great deal of emphasis. I was an assistant coach in the SEC in 85 at, at uh, Alabama, and it wasn't the same emphasis placed on, I think, basketball back then as it was, as it is today. But what I've learned is I think the University of Tennessee is truly one of the great basketball opportunities in the country and our fan base is second to none they are unbelievably how rabid they are not just football i could say the same thing about not only our basketball but obviously women's basketball track and field softball baseball you name it the people here love the university of tennessee volunteers
0: well Getting adjusted to a place like Tennessee is obviously an easy thing to do when you talk about the the fans, the following, the resources, as you just mentioned. But it's also different when it's a different league. How does coaching in the SEC compare to coaching in the Big Twelve when you were at Texas?
1: Well, obviously, you know you've got the more more conference games in uh, the Big Twelve. Uh, a round robin is is difficult i tell you what is it's uh in its own way i mean i I do like the round robin concept i I think that's how you really get to a true champion when you when you're able to do that uh and so we we don't have that here obviously you know where we we have our common opponents that we play and uh, we have three of them in in kentucky vanderbilt and south carolina but uh that's a big difference where you don't play the round robin, but when you look at our league, since I've been in this league the last, start my sixth year now, the talent level, the uh, you know, terrific coaches, but they're a terrific coach. I, I haven't been in a league ever, John, where I don't think there's been good coaching. I, I, I've always, I've got great respect for this profession and I think people out there really know what they're doing, even those that might not have, have the, notary, the notoriety that a lot of people might know, but there's Terrific coaches everywhere, but our player, the the skill level of our league has gone up along with the athleticism that we've always had. Our league plays really hard; they uh, it's very competitive, and I think it goes back. You know, we have for the most part older coaches in the league, and uh, who I think believe in physical type basketball.
0: Well, coach, studying your team this year, I see a team that has unbelievable length on the wings and has unbelievable defensive potential. How would you describe the makeup of the team you're about to coach versus the one that reached the Sweet 16 two seasons ago?
1: Well, John, you're right about the length and and the fact that we do have a chance to... to, um, really be, a, I think, a a top-flight defensive team. We've we've got to improve our defensive rebounding. We we led the league in some categories, but we were the worst in the league with defensive rebounding. If you can't rebound the ball, none of the other things really matter. You know, you have to have – that's a mentality that we still are working on with this group of guys. And, you know, I I do think that we have as much depth that we've had since we've been here at Tennessee and uh, quality depth where we think that we can go deep. But our players will determine that going forward if they can understand the roles and what they need to do. But we're hoping that they can get that part of it because we do. That's where we think we can really create the defense that you're talking about What we and what we think we can have. But we, we've got to rebound the ball better to be the defensive team that we want to be.
0: Well, rebounding the ball is obviously contingent on, you know, normally your front court and you return – you know, as good of a four or five as there is in your league and Eve's Pons and John Fulkerson. Who of your returning players in general, Coach, do you think will make the biggest jump for Tennessee this season?
1: Well, I think up to this point, I I would probably say if he can get stay consistent, Josiah James has improved a lot. He especially he has especially improved his outside jump shot where he put a lot of time into that. But, uh, you know, back when we first started, you know, I would say that Eve Pons and, and um, John Fogerson both had really improved, and uh, as you would expect them to do. The older players, you, you expect them to get better. But as time has gone on, there's been weeks where there hasn't been one player on, on our team that we haven't thought, man, this guy's really gotten better, you know, and he's starting to figure it out right now. And that's a good thing because, uh, we've had some guys obviously, uh, missed because of the COVID, whether it was through the COVID or whether it was through, uh, contact tracing, where guys like, uh, uh, and, uh, Olivier Kamwa both Got quality reps. It really helped those guys. It really helped them, and uh, so we're excited about those guys and and the newcomers. I mean, when you talk about the newcomers, we've got four of them that I think people are looking at, and the two young freshman guards and Keon Johnson and and Jaden Springer, who are learning. They're they're no different than any other freshman that come in. They're finding out that it's a lot harder. And demanding than they could, they could ever imagine. But then V.J. Bailey, who's been in the program, has, has really done some good things. And right now the best rebounder we have on our team is E.J. Anasicki, who uh, if he can continue to bring that, because he's going to help fill that, that weakness that we've had in the past. And hopefully what he does is going to carry over to the other post players as well.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned the two freshmen that you brought in who are both highly tattered recruits, Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. You have been around some of the best freshmen in your coaching career that have ever played college basketball, most notably Kevin Durant. What is a realistic expectation for those two freshmen, Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, to make in terms of an impact here in the 2021 season? Well,
1: I do think that they're going to, they've already impacted us and they they got, they have they can have something to say about the de- the defensive part of the game that you and I were discussing a little bit ago. They they both, unlike a lot of high school players that come in, they both really have a great ability to guard the basketball one-on-one, and they're both very competitive that way. Now, they're learning our defensive scheme, which th- that is going to take them some time, but in terms of one-on-one, Ball defense, they 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 really are as as good as anybody that we've coached in terms of way they take great pride in it. Offensively, they're finding out that some things that they could do in high school is a little bit more difficult here because they're getting defended by some pretty good defenders um, every day that they probably never had in the past. And so we expect those guys to continue to grow and 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 they can and there's no doubt they're going to make an impact. What it's going to be, we'll get down to that one word consistency can we count on them night in and out to do certain things and then build on that so that's what we're hoping and and uh they definitely i would have loved to have had them all summer like we normally would have they would be further along than they are right now but i think most coaches could say that about their freshmen
0: Tennessee Head Coach Rick Barnes joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. You know, there's a lot of different things to highlight when people talk about Tennessee for the upcoming season. But I think the most underrated storyline when it comes to your team is that Santiago Viscovi, who played very well for you last year, does not just have one or two practices before he gets thrown into a game setting. He kind of came out of the bullpen last year without a lot of tangible experience. And he was thrown into the fire. How much of a difference could he make this season now that he has had some semblance of a preseason?
1: John, you're right about what he did a year ago. It's one of the most remarkable things that I've witnessed that certainly as a head coach, I mean, last year, everything that could go wrong went wrong, not just a couple different times, but, uh, when we finally, when when we knew we had Santee coming in, and we knew we had told him when, when we were recruiting him, if you want to play this year, you you can. If you don't, you can just sit out and learn the system. He said. And once Lamonte had to shut it down with his injury, you know, he there was no doubt he wanted to play. And you were right; he practices basically two days, really, really one, and goes out and. Uh, wasn't in shape, had to play his way into shape, and we had to adjust the system to give him some things that he was familiar with, And but he came back. Um, he and he and uh, Urosh were the last ones to get back from uh, their countries, and he came back in the best shape that we had ever seen him in, and he's continuing right now, and I think it's helped him too, having to every day compete with the guards that he has to go up against every single day, and but uh he he's a better player. He's another player that I could tell you that's has much improved from a year ago and uh he uh, he's what he did what he did a year ago was un- unbelievable to be quite frank and uh and we're expecting big things from him and and uh we think that we can um, move him away from the ball some too because he's very good moving move he's, he's, he's a terrific player cutting without the ball and working without the ball so we'll try to do some of that with him this year where last year we couldn't do it as much as we'd have liked to
0: well, he's a key piece, obviously, and he showed flashes of being, you know, an all SEC player last year it was really terrific. And you need terrific players to play deep into the NCAA tournament in March. And it's been 17 and a half years since you took a team to the final four. You went to four sweet 16 since then and also two elite eights. I'm curious, how often does Rick Barnes think about going back to a final four?
1: You know, John, it's what we do it for. That's that's. There's no doubt that you know we all in this to win national championships, and and there's no doubt there's been some years when you know you you know you got a team that you just gonna have to fight for your life to get to the tournament, and you have some teams that you know going in if, they, if everything goes well, you know you're gonna you've got a chance to be in that tournament, and make some noise, and so uh, at my age, I mean yeah, I, I've been in it for a long time now, and, and that's what that's why we do it. We 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 don't shy away from telling our players, hey, we want to play for championships. This is what we want to do. We want to be in the fight every year. We know that, uh, really, that like last year, I I don't think I could have talked to you a year ago at this time and even got near what. Went on, went on with our team last year the different things that we went through i mean it was it was really amazing that we were able to flip it around at the end of the year with this group of guys and and that was really because of eve pons and john fulkerson really taking it on their shoulders and and really carrying our team down the stretch with santi learning on, on the job and but um, yeah we think about it and i think about it you know that's that'd be uh, i mean that's why we do it and hope that we, we can have a chance with this group
0: well, final thing, you know, I know you've been doing this a long time, and I'm well into my second decade right now doing this a long time as well. And your team, with the experience, with the length, with the talent that you've added, has all the requisites to be as good as anybody playing here late in the year. What are the biggest keys between now and then for Tennessee to have a chance to get to a Final Four in March and April?
1: Well, I think the biggest key for all of us is what, what goes on with this, the COVID, you know. I mean, what's going to happen with uh, – I think I think these next couple of weeks, John, are really important with, with our non-league getting going here. I just don't know how we can – if games get canceled, I don't know how we can make up uh, non-league games. I think that's going to be really difficult. But if we can get to our conferences and – figure out how to, you know, get through it. I I think the officiating officials are the ones that that I think will determine just what goes on this year with with college basketball because they're going to be in a tough situation. And I do hope that people have great respect for what they're having to do because that's, that's a major concern right now, the officiating part of it. But if everything goes the way that we all love to see it go, I would just go. I'd go back to the fact that we've got to get better every day, and, and uh, we, we we got a chance to get better every day. And I think the more that our younger guys can grasp what we're doing, is going to will be the telltale of how much how well we really do
0: this year. Well, Coach, appreciate a couple minutes. Stay safe, and as always, look forward to staying connected along the way through the season. Thanks, John. Good to be with you. <laughs> We'd like to thank Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes for joining us in the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. And before we get to our social media portion of the program, I want to tell you about ritual. If you take a multivitamin, you assume you know what's in them. But do you really know? I looked at the label on my old ones and I was floored sugars GMOs synthetic fillers artificial colors and when I read up on it I found out there's other things like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides pretty gross for something that's supposed to be good for you right that's why I chose ritual the multivitamins made with key nutrients that forms in your body and your body can actually use them there's no shady extras I have to find out about later ritual reimagined the multivitamins to fill the gaps in your diet with scientifically designed formulas for men women and teens mine the essential for men 18 plus is perfect For me and their delayed release capsules mean i can take them with or without food and something i absolutely love about my ritual vitamins is the mint essence tab which gives my my vitamins a minty fresh scent a small touch that makes all the difference with ritual shipping's always free and if you don't like them within the first month they'll refund it no questions asked you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin that's why ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com backslash hoops to start your ritual today. And time now for our social media portion of the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. Send me your questions on Twitter. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John J-O-N. And Our first question comes from Steven Carlson. It's John. Outside of Marcus Zagorowski, why are people so high on Creighton? Well, it's simple, Steven. In addition to Marcus Zagorowski, you have a top flight shooter back in Mitch Ballack. Greg McDermott, one of the great offensive coaches in college basketball. They did lose Tyshawn Alexander, but there are pieces back. Also expect a big year from Den Zell Mahoney as well. Our next question comes from Andrew Kynes, and it's John, who's a surprise team in the ACC that nobody's talking about? Put this in bold print. It's Georgia Tech. Two guards back in Jose Alvarado and Michael DeVoe who are veterans and all ACC caliber players. Georgia Tech 17 and 14 last year returned four of their top five scores. And remember, they added transfers of significance that should help solidify that rotation. Rodney Howard from Georgia, Kyle Sturtevant from USC. And then one more question right now, and it's going to be from Stan O'Connor. It's John, with a more balanced roster, what is the ceiling for Minnesota now that they have all their waivers cleared? Well, the waivers you're referring to is Drake Big Man, who trained transferred Liam Robbins and Booth Gotch from Utah talented transfer wing look I think Minnesota has the pieces on paper to challenge for an NCAA tournament bid I really do but the Big Ten is a league that you have to remember That is significantly better in terms of its depth than it was last year. And last year, it was going to have 10 teams in the NCAA tournament. Just because you're going to be a formidable team in the Big Ten this year does not mean that you're going to finish anywhere near the top half of the league. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a team finish in the Big Ten this year, fifth or sixth, and wind up going to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. It has that type of a feel. Five good nuggets this week is brought to you by Geico do you own or rent your home sure you do fortunately geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance it's a good thing too because having a home is hard work go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save geico.com easy now let's get to those nuggets five good nuggets five five six no five <laughs> but you were close Nugget number one, who's your hope? According to a well-embedded mole that I have in Bloomington, Indiana freshman Trey Galloway is a potential starter for the Hoosiers on the wing. This is a name to remember for Indiana next to veterans Rob Finnessy and, of course, Al Durham on the Hoosiers perimeter. Nugget number two, getting their shots up. Richmond, who is picked to win the Atlantic 10, is going to have opportunities during the non-conference portion of the schedule. The Spiders have road games at Kentucky, West Virginia, and Vanderbilt, and will also host Northern Iowa. Furman and Hofstra, the latter two teams, are picked to win their respective leagues. Chris Mooney has a chance right now to build a nice resume early. Nugget number three, hurricane warning. In a conversation I had last week with Miami head coach Jim Laranega, He told me that freshman Earl Timberlake could be a real difference maker for the Hurricanes. Timberlake currently rotating at four different positions. Nugget number four. Trouble continues in the heartland. And, again, I just want to acknowledge this. There was a report last week from multiple outlets that Wichita State and Greg Marshall were expected to part ways by the end of last week. Wichita State has not made any formal announcements. We've obviously touched on that in the past couple of weeks with that with, with this podcast. Wichita State and Greg Marshall appear to be heading, heading for a divorce. But nothing is official as of this time, about 1020 Eastern time on Monday. Nugget number five, making a statement. Nebraska received a commitment last week from five-star prospect Bryce McGowans. He is the brother of Trey McGowan, who committed to the Cornhuskers in the spring as a transfer from Pittsburgh. And then obviously got a waiver from the NCAA to play this season without sitting out. Nebraska has improved their talent base. And I think they'll be obviously a nuisance this year in the Big Ten. I think they'll be competitive in the Big Ten. But look in big picture right now. Nebraska has never won an NCAA tournament game in program history. The Cornhuskers under Fred Hoiberg could be putting themselves in position to do that in 2022. You know me, it's never too early to start looking ahead to the 2022 NCAA tournament. would like to thank Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes for joining the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. Regardless of what's going on in the world, remember this. We are nine days away from college basketball. More good news on Monday as well. Moderna announcing that a coronavirus vaccine that they are set to release in a matter of weeks is 94.5% effective. This too shall pass. We'll see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.